Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Okay, I've, hey you guys, welcome back to Dear Abby. I've already redone the intro like three times because I can't zone in. So usually I sit down, I get my whole setup and I can zone in, but it's dark outside right now and I've never d- recorded at night with this setup that I have. Um, and I got ready, like I actually did my makeup. I'm wearing like a cute dress, even though I have a blanket over me. But I am now just not able to zone in after I did all of that. It feels unnatural, I think, to be dressed up to podcast, but I feel like I should at least serve some looks. Also, I'm just really tired. I'm just really freaking tired. Yesterday, I couldn't barely... Yesterday, I thought I was having an out-of-body experience. I'm not even kidding. Sometimes I really... I don't know if it's dissociating. I don't know what it is, but I'm just like convinced that I'm dying. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is my last day on earth. And then I'm totally fine the next morning. And I'm like, what's going on with me? Like, I I feel like, and maybe it's my way, my OCD's way of trying to trick me into having like an out-of-body experience because I'm always scared of that. So it just like tricks me. It's just weird. It's so weird sometimes what OCD does to you, man. It's like, so unnatural and and I've had it now for so long that it's like feels like a like just normal and I kind of hate that kind of pisses me off that it's like miserable things are just normal to me which is kind of the point of therapy you know to like get comfortable with maybe this thing's never go away but still live a good life but sometimes that just sucks like I don't want to deal with that but I will because I have to and I hope that and have faith that maybe one day I won't have to deal with it as much anyways so I have kind of an all over the place episode today but I'm very excited because we have a special guest as the front of me which is to be announced at the end so I am already late to calling them um but I'm just gonna push it back still so I have to text him uh oh I mean them So this week, like I just said, I had a rough night last night, but I've had a rough couple of days um, mentally. I don't know. There was one day where it felt almost as bad as when I first got diagnosed with OCD, where it was 24-7. It felt like I was ruminating and I had obsessive thoughts and I just clicked into them and I've been doing that lately and I don't know why. So I've schedule another appointment to see my therapist and I'm going to have to kind of get back into exposures um, as intensely as I did before, which I am dreading. Let me tell you, therapy work with anything is not fun, okay? Especially for OCD. For me, it's not like I go talk about my feelings and someone says, well, you know, you're beautiful and you have a lot to offer and you get... No, it's like, I'm like, I'm scared. He's like, well, you could be probably the worst person on earth. We don't know. I'm like, uh, give me something. It's not good for me. So they can't give me reassurance or anything, but it's not uh, like a really, f- uh, it's not as cutesy as some people think therapy is. It's pretty intense with OCD and I get, but it's, it's very draining. So I'm not excited to 
do that. Um, and I hate talking about this stuff to my therapist. I think that probably means I probably should because I really don't want to. I take the same, I, I think about the same thing with prayer. Like if I really don't want to pray just for whatever reason, it's like I probably should or I'm annoyed or I'm mad or whatever, frustrated. And I'm like, I don't really feel like it. Then that's probably when I should the most. Um, that's why I think about therapy. If I really just don't want to go, that probably means that I should go because I have something I'm that's heavy that I'm holding on to that maybe they could help me navigate a little bit better. Um, in other news, I think I might have a hernia. So, and I, and I don't have knock on wood health insurance currently. Uh, so I need to do that like today and get it because I really don't want to die of a hernia. That would really suck. I can't tell what it is. I don't, there's not a bump. It's just like really uncomfortable over there. Um, so that's super cool. And, uh, I don't know as a woman, how you check if you have a hernia or not, but I really need to check. Like you can't, I can't cough and someone just grab my balls. Sorry. Or grab my, uh, genitalia because I'm not a male. So can they check girls for hernias and why do they only check men i've never been checked for a hernia what do they do for girls Ooh. did they check your bum no something else i don't know what they do but i don't i've just been working out and i guess maybe i did something but i don't lift heavy the most the most i lift is like 40 pounds i don't do squats i don't really like lift that heavy the past week is I realized I've not been taking the best care of my body. So that kind of sucks. And I need to be better at that. And I slow, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Whenever I have a lot of dishes that just need to be done and I just keep procrastinating, I somehow, like I kind of take that as a sign as mentally I need to do something to take care of myself. Because if I don't have the energy to brush my teeth or to do the dishes, then I, I need to take a second and be kinder to myself, take myself to do something that I just enjoy for no reason. There's not a reason to do it, just I want to do it, so I go do it. It's really hard for me right now to be compassionate to myself, and I've talked about that a lot, and I, oh, it's just something, it's so hard for me, I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but so if you're having a tough week, cheers, buddy. This week, I'm talking about the idea that we're all just still kids, you know, at heart. And the way that we see the world has changed. But I think, uh, yeah, we're just kind of talking about inner children and like our inner child and also what that means, what that looks like and how we can speak to ourselves and how um, just like observations, I think, on like just things I was thinking about in that regard. A quick, a couple life updates, random ones. I was watching, I've been watching Dancing with the Stars. That's a TV show where they get a bunch of ballroom dancers that are amazing. I love watching them dance uh, when they're good. But anyways, I've been watching it and there was a judge. I've been watching it for my whole life with my family. We'd always watch it all together and it's just always been entertainment and one of the judges, Len Goodman, had passed away. Like he retired and then he passed away very, very shortly after. So they had like a dedication. Well, they did like a dance and it was dedicated to him. And 
I was sobbing. I was, I was very, I didn't think I was going to get emotional, but it's one of those weird things that I think our generation it's unique with is, well, not really, but we grow up, we grow up watching people on TV every week or, you know, for half of a year, like people like Simon Cowell, for example, someone that I've seen him on so many things ever since I was like, can remember same with Len Goodman, that show's been out for so long. And I can remember so far back into the beginning of that show and watching him, like coming to love him, loving him as a judge because he was a little bit more harsh, but also more honest and was just, you just trusted him because he was so, you know, critical Um, but in a really good way. And um, anyways, I just was sobbing and I was so confused as to why I was so emotional. But it's so weird because you just grow up watching these people and then when they pass away, you're like, oh, like it's just kind of sad. It's just really sad. But it's also really inspiring and it was also beautiful to watch their whole dedication because it was just like a beautiful dance they did on his behalf. And it was a beautiful dance. It was just a classic. I think it was a waltz. I've just fallen in love with dance. Every time I watch Dancing with the Stars, I swear, I'm like, I am, I'm going to become famous just so I can go on that show and learn to dance. And then I'm like, why would, why would it be that order? Why, why couldn't it just be, I could just learn how to dance? You know, why does it have to go? I need to be famous so that that's the one thing that I can do when I could just do it. You know, when there's not in between, I could just do it. But yeah, I'm fully convinced I would be terrible at that show because I feel so awkward in my own body when it comes to dancing. But maybe that means the crowd would love me, you know, because I'd be horrible and then they'd be like, oh, but next week she's going to be good. Let's keep her in. That's what we're all doing with Harry and Riley, you know? I just want him to do really good the next week and then he, it just, I think he just is so in his head. When I see people who are in their head, I feel like I can immediately spot it. And then some people who aren't, who you can't tell they're in their head, but because they're really like on, but I can still sometimes spot it. I have a pretty good reader, maybe, but maybe I don't. I just, I just feel like he would, I don't know. He's just in his head, but I'm rooting for him. Actually, I'm really rooting for Ariana and, um, Honestly, all of them. I don't care who wins the season because they're all really good, fun to watch. Like they're all trying their best and they're all people that I at least recognize. So it's kind of fun to watch everyone because I know a lot of the people. Um, oh, Sochi Gomez. Is that her name? Yeah, she's so cute. She's so cute and she's so good. Okay, I'm not going to talk about Dancing with the Stars. Also, I'm so jealous that she's with Val. I mean, if I were to go on Dancing with the Stars... Anyways, I just was watching. I uh, I just got sad and I was just like, wow, people really die, man. People really just, they just die. Okay, moving on. So I was also thinking about, uh, I I had like a weird, so this week I had like a weird existent, not existential. I just like got really scared that what if I just don't. (laughs) The more I think about this, it's so stupid. I was so scared. I was like, what if I never have anxiety again? (laughs) What if I recover so much from anxiety? What if I recover so much from anxiety that I don't have anything to talk about (laughs) on 
my podcast. Like, what if I just get all my anxieties gone, OCD, I don't remember what it's like, and I have no, nothing's ever wrong with me again. Then I wouldn't have a podcast. And I was like, actually scared for a second. And then I really thought about what that fear was. Like, what if I never have anxiety again? And I was immediately comforted because there's no possible way that that's possible. And not saying that it's, you're never going to recover if you're like debilitated by it, but more so just anxiety is like a healthy thing. Like it's not chronic anxiety, but being anxious every once in a while is normal. So I'll never not have something to talk about, but And I'm like, well, what if I, I think this is an excuse when I don't want to do exposures is like, well, what if I recover and then I never get better because wait, what did I just say? What if, okay, for scratch that, what if I recover and then I have nothing to talk about on my podcast that I talk about mental illness, which fair, honestly, maybe I shouldn't do exposures because maybe I need to stay (laughs) sick for you guys. That's horrible. That's not that's not actually what I'm doing. Just so you know, I have relapses and it's just for me, for some reason, my recovery is just taking a long time. And I, this just really just depends on your commitment, I think. And I think sometimes I don't take it as seriously as I should take it. And I'm willing to admit that. Anywho. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to support groups. OK, so So this week, like I said at the beginning, I'm talking about inner child and I was, we were, so we went bowling this week, just my sister and yeah, a couple of us and we went bowling and it was probably the first time in a long time that I was with like friends and family and I wasn't so in my head. Like I actually was just genuinely having a f- like a fun time. I wasn't worrying about anything and it felt so good. And it was also fun to see everyone else just having fun. And I just was thinking about how I just had a thought when we were all playing, bo- when we were all bowling and did I say golfing? We were bowling. I don't know what I just said. I think I said bowling, but we were bowling And I just had this thought come into my head of like, we really are all just little like kids still at heart. And I was, I was thinking about this concept all week and just noticing different times where that kind of pops up. And I just thought it was funny and cute because like when you're a kid, you want nothing more than to be an adult. Like you see adults doing stuff and you're like, that's so cool. I want to do that. You want as a kid, you kind of want responsibility a little bit. Like you like helping people. You like serving. You're so care like carefree, but also so selfless. And you just want to do like what big kids are doing, which is usually chores. Like it's just the mundane things of life, but kids are so excited to do it. And um, it's funny to me because I was like, how does that... How- are we still kind of like that? And can we like use that energy to enjoy things day to day? And I think definitely you can. I think it's irrational to think that you can all the time, but I think you can try to, you like think of that childlike innocence and energy of like just being excited to do the mundane things. I think it's irrational to think you could do it all the time, like I said. And then I was thinking, how does that translate? How can I see that in people today? 
And I was, we were at the, co- I was at a coffee shop. So I always go and work at coffee shops. I love working. At, I don't even really drink coffee. I just drink maybe some matcha or sometimes I don't get anything. And I sit just and work on my computer. I usually try to get stuff though. Cause I feel bad if I don't get anything and I'm taking up a spot. I mean, there's a lot of people that do that, but I just feel bad for some reason. So I was working and I just hear all of these like same age as me, like 20 something year olds talking about their careers, their jobs or something that is like a big responsibility as an, as an older age. I do the exact same thing. Like they were talking about, for example, someone was, I think starting a business and then someone else was talking about their team that they, I think they did sales and, and they all seem so excited to talk about like the cool things that they're doing, the cool things that they've done in their career. And I'm like, that's such like a childlike thing to do, honestly, is to like, you want to like have that responsibility and have like something as a kid. I just thought it was funny because I was watched my nephew push the lawnmower. And then I think it was like the next day, all of these adults were like talking about these big boy things and big girl things they were doing with the exact same energy as my nephew pushing his lawnmower. That wasn't real. And I just think it was beautiful because it just kind of helps me look at people differently. I think when you, when you remember that that's where they started from and that's still in them. And it helps me look at myself differently too, because I love talking about the big girl stuff I've done. I'm serious. I love the fact that I've had a big girl job and I have, I know logistics and I know how supply chain works and I know the ins and outs of all of these different weird random things but I like knowing it. It's so fun to learn and to like understand different aspects of the world. And I love talking about it because I feel cool. I kind of feel cool, even though it's not that cool of a thing. Cause it's like one of the most boring things in the world, but the industry is actually, well, a male dominated, but also it's just like interesting to me. And I feel, I feel good. I feel good doing weird, random work because I do it good. And that makes me feel proud and it makes me excited to have like a purpose and to do something. It's just, I just noticed that that's like, you get that from being a kid. Like you're just born into this world with that innate desire to be proud of something that you've accomplished and to help other people and to, I don't know. I just thought it was so cute and I just wanted to share that on the podcast because when I think of these random things throughout the week, I just think of you guys and I think of the podcast and what I want to share and I want to share just the random things that you think about throughout the week because there's just a lot of interesting stuff. Think of how many thoughts you have a day and then how many thoughts you have a freaking week. So wild, man. So wild. You don't remember any of them. Something else that I was thinking about having to do with like being childlike and just honestly about my childhood is I had, I had a good childhood, honestly, and I had really good parents, good family, but it's weird because a lot of my memories that I have, I was just talking about this because I had my friend and her, not coworkers, her classmates had a, they had like a, they had to do a study on someone that had like a mental health problem or something. And so she asked me and I was like, sure, I talk about this on my podcast. I can be your point of study, shall I? One of the questions he, this guy asked me that I, that wasn't on the list that they sent me. Um, he said, if you could go back and tell your kindergarten self one thing, what would it be? And I was 
shook by the question because it wasn't on the list that they gave me. So I was not prepared. But I just thought about it and I just had a bunch of memories come into my head from when I was younger. And I don't have like core memories of specifics, but I remember feelings. And I remember feeling at a very young age, very stressed about life and very just uncomfortable in my own body. And so weird that as a kindergartner, I was th- I had all these existential things I thought about constantly. So what I said I would say to my kindergarten self was that it's okay to trust people that have proven that you can trust them. And it's okay to feel like you're alone, but just know that you're not alone. And there's a lot of other people that feel the same as you and have the same brain, like your brain works the same as you. You're not a freak. You're not a weirdo and that it's okay and that you're okay. And I would just give her a hug. And I was just so emotional thinking about that because I've, I know that's like a thing that people do where they, it's like your inner child work. You know, I've done that in like meditations, but it's never really been super effective to be honest for me, but maybe I'm doing it wrong. So that also had me thinking about, you know, your inner child and everyone's childhood. Another thought that I, I don't know why I was having all these thoughts when I was bowling. It was like, I'm like having all these existential thoughts and then I'm like watching the freaking bowling graphics where it's like a, a bowling pin gets wings and flies away and then it's like spare. Or it's like, <laughs> those graphics are it's insane. Those, gra- <laughs> uh, those graphics are funny. They could really throw some weird stuff into those graphics if they wanted to and no one would really notice. But I would notice. We we went off on all of these different crazy raunchy things that that it would say for like a spare and a strike. And you know those like little videos that pop up. Anyways, it's like those weird things, and they're they're so outdated. I mean, come on, they're incredibly outdated. When was the last time they updated their graphics? Anywho, but while I was watching that, I was thinking very deeply about everyone's inner children, and and. I was also thinking that it's really wild because we don't re- you don't really remember anything from your childhood. Like I said, I remember random things, like random scenes in my head, but also random feelings. But I don't remember like a full day or even like 10 minutes. It's always like one second screenshot that I can remember. But you don't remember anything from your past, really, that like, because you're not present in it. But your brain has those memories your brain knows it and that's really wild but it was also crazy because when you're a kid you're so present you don't remember what you did three days ago I mean you slightly do what the heck am I saying anyways I can't remember from when I was a kid okay and all we have now is the present and sometimes that freaks me out but sometimes I think it's beautiful because really that's really all we have and okay this is not translating I had this whole thought and it is just not translating from paper to podcast. No translation. There is no way I can translate this for some reason because I'm not locked in. I'm not zoned in. Basically what I'm saying, you know what? Just forget, just forget this. No, I'm going to do it. Basically what I'm saying is, you know how sometimes people will say, well, why did you take your kid to Disneyland? You won't remember it or they won't remember it. You're just doing it for you. And it's like, yeah, so because I'm the parent, I'm not allowed to have good feelings and good fun memories that my baby won't remember. And also whoever was saying 
Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that if you're not going to remember it? Why do anything? You're not, you're not going to remember everything you do. Do you remember what you did one week ago? Do you remember what you ate? Do you remember what you ate for breakfast two days ago? I don't. Well, I probably can. With context clues, I could probably figure it out because I really only eat like eggs and bacon. Not what? I haven't had bacon. Oh, I had bacon two days ago. Actually, that's right. Chelsea gave me some. I usually eat eggs and hash browns that I buy at Trader Joe's. Moral of the story, not sure, but thought it was an interesting thought. Sometimes I see people like a pop culture podcast. They do so well, man. They do so well. People love hearing about that shiz. I want to sometimes. It is very tempting for me, but I also don't really enjoy it that much. It stresses me out too much. Like I get, I genuinely get stressed by it because I just think, is this even correct information? Are we going off of real information? I don't want to talk for two hours about something that's not even like for sure. You know, also, I don't want to talk about other people. I just want to talk about me. (laughs) I think that's pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about with the inner child thing. Um, I guess last thing really quick. If you do have, I don't know what everyone's childhood was like. Obviously, I don't know what everyone's childhood was like. If you had a hard childhood, a normal childhood, a really good one, really bad. That that doesn't mean that you're set up for failure for the rest of your life, no matter what your childhood looks like. As much as maybe something feels like it tainted you or your childhood, just know that I don't believe that that's permanently possible. I think there's a lot of good that can come from what they call inner child healing, you know, inner child work and kind of realizing where that childlike voice comes in. Mine's usually kind of angry um, and really, really scared. Just really, really scared, isolated, and angry. So I don't have a Dear Abby for today because I don't have any more voicemails. I think maybe there's text messages, but I couldn't filter. I didn't have time to filter through which ones I've done, which ones I haven't. I already have done that, but I didn't double. I couldn't double check them before recording. So just so you guys know... Every episode, I have a segment called Dear Abby, and usually it's, we'll listen to a voicemail of someone who has sent in a question. It could be about anything and everything. So I'll answer it, and it's fun because we get to hear your guys' voice, and I get to kind of feel like it's an interaction, but I don't have any more for today. So I really need you guys to submit any voicemails, or you can also just text a number. So I'm going to read the number so you guys can all write it down and then call me later Call me later. Um, Oh, great. Why is it not showing? How do you freaking get to this thing? I know I have text messages. Why is it being like this, bro? There probably was one that I haven't used yet. but So just so you guys have the phone number to call me, it is 909-817-1742. That's an exclusive phone number for you guys to call. Yours truly. (laughs) I'm kidding. Well, it is not my actual number, but it is a number that you can reach me at. Um, You can text, call, whatever you want. Well, that's not whatever you want. Those are really the only two options. I thought it would be fun maybe if I did live calling, but that's a little bit too crazy. I don't have that many listeners yet. Okay, cool. So now it's time to call our friend of me. Hopefully he's still awake. Um, okay, here we go. 
Hey. Hey, how's it going? You're you're live. You're live on the pod. Nice. Um, I feel like can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you I whenever I was on like Chelsea or JC's, I would never listen. I would just skip through because I just hated I just hated listening. I'm like, I sound so stupid no matter what I say. I know. <laughs> I, I'd like to think my voice is a lot cooler than it really is. I hear it, I'm like, that's embarrassing my talk. <laughs> uh yeah. Um, I was thinking, I was like, maybe I should not tell people before I call and just catch them off guard. So that way that it's, it's just less. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Spontaneous. Yeah, exactly. Catch them off guard. Um, okay. So we actually didn't have a Dear Abby question today. Cause usually I'll, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually I'll ask, um, like, what the Dear Abby question was, but usually, especially if I'm talking to like a brother or my dad, they're always like about breakups and dating. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know a lot about that stuff. Uh, I broke so many hearts in my day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more about the other side, but anyway. It's uh, funny. Heartbreaker. You know what I was thinking about today is I was um, thinking about how funny it is that you and mom are like kind of opposites on how you grew up because mom was like a country girl type. And then you were, <laughs> yeah, you were like rich city boy. <laughs> yeah. You wore chubbies polos. Did you wear polos? Um, that was kind of, I was more like a t-shirt OP shorts and flip flops in high school. Okay. That's, that's better than chubbies and polos for sure. Yes. It wasn't. I was like, Looked like I was a beach going guy, but never surfed. Mm. You know? Yeah. Because we lived pretty close. We we're like half an hour from the coast from Town Cruise. Yeah. I know so the I type. Always, yeah. I always wanted to surf, but never quite got around to it. You know? Yeah. That's how I, that's how I feel now because I'm so close to the beach, like literally eight minutes and I could be at the beach, but I just, it's such a commitment to surf. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, cool. So I'm actually just going to ask rapid fire questions and then. Cause I'm old. Do I get a little more time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, the, these are, they're pretty like easy, but then they kind of get harder and harder. I feel like as they go on. Okay. So we'll start. Yeah. The, these are more like one word and then they become longer pretty much. Okay. What? It's okay if I give more than one word eventually. Yeah, no, that's fine. You can give more than one word whenever. That's just kind of the, to to give the background as to the game that we're playing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What is your, what is your job title? Math teacher, wrestling coach. Nice. Okay. That was four words. (laughs) Tone it down a little bit. Teacher. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, What was your first job? Uh, I worked for my dad. Whatever he wanted me to do. Oh, okay. What is a word that you hate hearing, like at school, especially since you're a teacher? Like, what's just a word that bugs you? Uh, I've used it a couple times. Okay. Um, and I hate. I can't believe I said it. A couple, I get the idea, but when people say like, "Thanks for being vulnerable," like I get it, but it just kind of seems like it's used a lot. You know? <laughs> Did you just? Did you just use that? <laughs> no, no, 
no i i actually kind of agree and like a weird i think it's just sometimes when a sentence like even if you agree is just so mundane and it's said over and over and over again it just loses its like validity yeah i mean i get it and i can appreciate it but it's kind of like i don't know yeah okay that's my answer um okay uh where did you go on your last vacation i think we went to newport oh okay that's true i guess i knew that the one of the one of these are what is your favorite dessert? But when's the, when's the last time you ate a dessert, Dad? Well, what would constitute a dessert for me would be that when I have that sprouted green bread I toasted from Trader Joe's and I put almond butter and honey with a little cinnamon on it. Oh, that is not. I'm talking about a dessert, a real dessert. A real dessert would be high school. Oh my gosh! High school? Or soda pop, or cookie, or anything like that. No soda pop, cookie, anything like that since high school is what he's saying. Oh my gosh, that's that's actually crazy. I didn't realize it was that like long ago. Yeah. Um. Sugar in foods, but it's not right. If you could afford any car, which one would you drive? You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this over the last couple of weeks because I've seen a few really nice Volvos. Um, oh, really? We used, yeah, we used to. I don't, I don't know if you remember, um, but we had a Volvo wagon until we moved to this new house. Um, but do you remember the green Volvo wagon we had? I can I kind of. I kind of do, honestly. Yeah. I have very vague memories. But it was such. <laughs> A comfortable car, but we just got to beat this up for it, you know. Yeah. But it was such a nice car. And so it's not like I dream about, oh, I want that car. But those Volvos are very classy looking, and it was such a smooth ride. It was super safe for a family. It was, yeah. Yeah, I kind of get that. I like the look of a Volvo. And, and it does seem like. Very classy. Yeah, yeah, very classy. Yeah. Um, not, that, not that I have a lot of class. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you cared about that. Um, okay, what what movie? Oh gosh, what movie do you enjoy quoting? I would say what TV show, but I, I know immediately that it's Seinfeld. Yes. Uh, um, movie? I don't know. It's hard not to go to Lord of the Rings, the, the first trilogy, you know, or or Star Wars. Yeah. No, I think the most quotable. One, what about Bob? Uh, actually, that's a good, that is a good quotable movie. Cause there's so many, there's so many funny things that he says that, that pop up all the time. You can use it in everyday scenarios all the time. Yeah. The fish for Runyon? You get that fish in the lake? No. City fish. He Or he's like on the yacht and he's like, you know, I just let, what did he say? Classic. What did he say? Um, well, are you talking about the part where he's like walking out there? He's like tightening up his vest, and he's like, "Ooh," or he's like, "Hey, I went sailing." <laughs> so I let the boat do the work. That was my secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he says that it's yeah. That's my secret. You just let the boat do all the work. Yeah, that that's a good one. And then the give me, give me, I need, I need, please give me, give me. Leo, Marvin. Uh, I need to watch that. I don't know if Kean's ever seen that. I need to maybe show him that movie if he hasn't watched it. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, okay. What object do you misplace or lose the most? 
daily? Uh, probably my to-do list, to be honest with you. That's like the one thing I shouldn't lose every day. Especially a daily to-do list, if that's what that is. It's a real problem. Yeah. What do you What do you do it on? Your phone? I usually, at, at my office, uh, well, no, my desk, in the classroom. Yeah. Oh, I, calm down. It's not an office. I don't really have an office. It's not that important. <laughs> but I have a drawer where I keep a bunch of scratch paper. Uh-huh. So rather than throw paper away, if there's a blank side, I keep it. And then I just, I use it for, like, showing kids how to do problems or my to-do list. So I'll just grab it. And if I can't find the current one, I just grab a new one and start a new one and go. Oh, gosh. What? Okay, these are, like, harder, not harder questions, but kind of more deep questions, I guess. How do you cope with hardship? Like, what do you think your coping mechanism is to, like, get through something hard? Oh, that's what. Yeah, that's a good question. Ideally, what I do is I try and be, it's kind of like the whole, like, try and be cheerful and know that this whole thing's kind of like how you, it's it's more the philosophy, like, the journey is the destination. You know, but sometimes I get too caught up and, like, I can't see the end. And, and I don't deal with it as, as well as I could, but I try and like, so my, my real mechanism when I, you know, when I come to myself is I just kind of smile and, and, I, and usually I'm like at school, I'm meet you know, with people. And so I just make sure I'm smiling and have some kind of good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of have good time through it all because it's not that bad. Interesting. I'm kind of the same way. I think coping wise, like I'm always like, oh, it's not like that bad. And then if I and then if it lasts a little bit longer than I thought, and then it's like doesn't get better. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm starting to get a little bit worried (laughs) because I can't see when and how this is going to not be this way ever. And then I kind of just start to I feel like that's when I kind of start to spiral a little bit. Yeah, because I mean, it's like we all realize you can't, it's like, you, at some point you got to get a flat tire. At some point your battery has to die. At some point these things have to happen. You know what I mean? Like going yeah. through your day. So you can't be like, how come these bad things are happening? It's like, that is the condition of life. Like, yeah. Okay, two more questions. Uh, what is the kindest thing that you can remember that someone did for you? It can be it could be like recently or a long time ago just something you remember off the top of your head that someone did that you like remember as being like super nice yeah first thing that pops into my head is when I was in high school my older brother had gotten a job at a restaurant and uh, you know so he worked nights as a, like a busboy and stuff like that during the summers and stuff so he was making freaking money mm-hmm. um, and that was maybe like right after graduating and I knew he was making pretty money. I was still, like, in the state where I just kind of working for my dad and just kind of, you know, he'd give us what we need if we need extra money, you know. But it wasn't like I had a job saving money. It was just kind of like, you know, he gave us what we need. Yeah. Um, but Brad was making money, and then he gave me for, like, my birthday or Christmas or something like that, he gave me, like, a really nice pair of, they weren't Ray-Bans, but there was some really popular glass back then even more popular than Ray-Bans, and I can't remember the name of them. They were, like, super nice sunglasses. What were they? Uh, I can't remember the name of them, but they were, like, 
they were like the cool glasses back then. Uh-huh. This is like 1980, 1981, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and I was just taken aback, like, wow, that? Like, that was totally unexpected. And so much money. And it's like my brother gave that to me. You know what I mean? It's like, that was so nice. That's so nice. That was, that was super nice. Surprised you remember that, honestly. It's from a long time ago. It's from so long ago. Um, okay. Last question. Let me pick a good one. Oh, what do you think is okay? This this is like the deep the deep question. What do you think is humanity's most redeeming quality? Like when you see someone or a certain like type of a action or a, a attitude or something that's very redeeming, like makes you believe in mankind again. What would that be? You know, I think um, I think surprisingly. Maybe to myself, there's times where I go, you know, there are more people really trying to be good than I give the masses credit for. You know what I mean? Because I mean, because we see so much news, it's like so, like people are just being bad and selfish. Because that's what makes the news, you know? Yeah. But then, like you, you really get to know people, or you, you know, make like I, I meet a lot of people at work because like teachers or people or your stories and stuff like that. And it's like, there's just a lot of people that actually just try and be really good. It's like, I'm not the only one that's just trying to be good. It's not like I'm saying I'm good. I'm trying to be good. And I'm not the only one. And it's really kind of refreshing to find that there are a lot of people, like a lot of people that really genuinely are trying to be good. Yeah, that's actually a really good one, honestly. Because it, it is very, um, it's like almost comforting. <laughs> You know, because sometimes you feel very isolated in your pursuit of like trying to like do the right thing and trying to be good, whatever that is. And then when you feel like you only see negatives, you just get discouraged. Like, oh my gosh, like no one's ever going to be happy. Everything's just miserable. But then when you actually see real people in real life, it's like most people are trying to be good. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the episode pleasure i was waiting here every wednesday for the last six months (laughs) (laughs) i haven't even done frenemies for like more than two months Uh, please i have like only like 10 people to cycle through so i'm gonna have to figure out something else soon um uh, so we'll see but uh do you have any (laughs) do you have any plugins have you seen podcasts where they do that where it's like they have someone on you probably don't know what that means. You know what plug-in means? No, it's like, it's like usually when you listen to podcasts and someone comes on the podcast, they also have like an Instagram or a podcast that they're promoting. So when uh, you say, what are your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what are your plugins? I mean, you don't have plugins, but, but uh, that would be funny. Uh, no, no plugins. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks dad. All right. Well, love you. Keep up the good work. Can't wait to hear your podcast again tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Thanks. Thank you, Dad. Love you. Bye. All right. Well, you heard it there. You heard it there, folks. I'm doing great things. (laughs) Okay. Obviously, that was my dad. I don't remember if I said the beginning, but if you didn't pick it up immediately, then yeah. Uh, Love my dad. He's a great guy. His advice I always take very seriously because he's like one of the most thoughtful people I know. Um, Like I know that if I've thought about something, he's probably thought about it 
just as much as me and probably more and has thought through. He's just, if I go to him and ask him something, I know he's probably racked his brain around it because he's very similar. His brain works very similar to mine, which is very comforting. So I love having him as my dad. So love you, dad. I don't know if you're listening still, but again, I'm really bummed that I didn't have a dear Abby because I miss talking. I miss uh, giving my solicited advice. So I'll make one up right now. Dear Abby, what is something that I can do to help support your podcast? Great question. Great, great, great question. One, you can please leave a five-star rating or whatever rating you want, but review and rate the podcast on both Spotify and Apple. Uh, the more ratings, the more likely it'll pop up on like Spotify and Apple on the, the main pages and stuff like that. And also, if you can share or just word of mouth, just spread my podcast around. Spread my podcast around. Don't like that. And I'll have this on YouTube so you can subscribe, like, comment, whatever. Also, if you want me to talk about anything specific, then you can either text the Dear Abby thing or you can message me on Instagram. And I love getting recommendations as to what I should talk about and focus on in my episodes. Thank you guys so much for listening. I do really appreciate everyone that listens and... I think I'm about to hit 100,000 soon. So next week could be a big week for us, for me, for us, for all of us. Oh, God, I'm fucking done with this. I'm fucking done with this crap. I'm literally done with this crap. I'm literally done with this episode. I can't do this freaking anymore. I look like a freaking weirdo every week. Love you guys so much. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Oh, taking a ride to